Rogue Media. <laughs> Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how you doing tonight? I am doing a podcast. <laughs> That's right, you are doing a <laughs> podcast. Uh, man, I'm, I'm excited because not only are you doing a podcast tonight here live at Mixler.com slash Brogue Media. Uh, with a lot of great folks here, we've got a we've got a wonderful chat room going on right now. Shoutouts to those of you in the chat right now, including uh, Frontieria FM eighty eight point one, which I would assume is just a real radio station uh, with a name <laughs> like that. A radio station that has become uh, uh, self aware and has now launched itself into the internet. Welcome, welcome to you, Campbell, Lauren, ba- Black or Backflash, the Green Arrow, Bell is you. Gooner, and of course, all of the CW execs who are in the chat room as well. All six of you just sitting there. We uh, we appreciate you tuning in, checking out the podcast. Uh, we are available for weddings and bar mitzvahs. Bell, we've got a great show tonight. Uh, but before we jump into that, a little bit of uh, housekeeping here, and that is to give a major thank you, a big ups, a woo-woo, if you will, to those of you who are supporting this podcast via Patreon at patreon.com slash TV Talk. We got some new superheroes, Donna, Hallie, Stephen Nadeau. I think I said your last name correctly because that's the way I spell my name. So yes, Stephen, Hallie, Donna, y'all are awesome. Joining at the superhero level at $3 per episode. Uh, Thank y'all so much for doing that. Also, big ups to heroes, Jason and Gunnar as well, who are uh, supporting the show at the $1 level uh, per episode. Y'all are incredible. Thank you so much for helping make this show happen. Uh, We want to bring you the most flash-tastic show possible. And thanks to patrons like you. Uh, It is coming at you every single week without fail when we got an episode of The Flash. And boy, do we have an episode of The Flash tonight. We do. In fact, an episode of The Flash came on this week. And so we do. (laughs) But what an episode it was. And what an episode it was. All right, man. Without further ado, let's jump into The the Rundown. Episode 14 of Season 3, Attack on Central City, directed by Damon Daniel Downs and story by Todd Helbing. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, Harry and HR clash over their different personalities. Jesse informs her father that she intends to stay on Earth-1 with Wally, which Harry initially tries to prevent. Harry subdues Gypsy when she ambushes Sisko and Barry, and the team realizes that Grodd and his forces have reached Central City. Using his power, Sisko determines that the gorillas will attack the center of town. This turns out to be a distraction for Grodd to abduct a visiting army general. Barry contemplates killing Grodd as the only way to permanently stop him and also change the future, but Harry encourages him to find another way. Taking control of the general, Grodd attempts a nuclear missile strike on the city. Barry prevents the attack, so Grodd and his guerrilla army invade the city themselves. Sisko travels to Earth-19 to ask Gypsy for help. The speedsters distract the soldiers, while Sisko and Gypsy bring Solovar to Earth-1, who defeats Grodd and assumes leadership once again. All the guerrillas return to Earth-2 with the exception of Grodd, who is turned over to Argus. Sisko receives a kiss from Gypsy, and Barry proposes to Iris. While going out to pick up dinner for Jesse, Wally is confronted by Savitar. All right. So love is in the air this week as we are reminded that, um, you know, making holiday centric episodes, especially when things can throw off the schedule, can be a little bit of risky. Uh, I did get the sense this episode was originally supposed to air on Valentine's Day. Uh, I would believe you are correct because Valentine's Day this year fell on a Tuesday. However, this one was two weeks late. Yeah, look, here's what I'm going to give it to him like this, man. Perhaps on Earth 19, Friends Day 
occurs on uh, the, the final days of uh, of February. So so perhaps it was the actual holiday in which it aired, just uh, Earth 19's Friends Day. That's what it is. Or Barry messed with the timeline so bad that Valentine's Day is now two weeks later. By the way, based on the way that uh, HR was decorating everything, do you get the sense that Friends Day is actually like Friends with Benefits Day over on Earth 19? Uh, it kind of seemed that way, didn't it? Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, like... Well, you know, it's interesting, though, because I want to say in Mexico, the way they celebrate Valentine's Day is a very similar kind of thing. It's not just between significant others. It's between friends and, you know, family and things like that. So it is a a, a celebration of friendship, not necessarily friends with benefits, but just, you know, regular friends. All right. Well, fair enough. One way or the other, man, love is in the air this episode. Uh, And of course, it is uh, nowhere better seen than between our two primary love interests, which is, of course, Barry and Iris. Uh, we go back to uh, their awesome loft. Uh, and I got to tell you, man, I, I, I just have to get this out of the way. But every single time we're going to go there, I can't even pay attention to what they're talking about. I'm just eyeballing that loft looking for the turtle. Looking for him, dude. Where is he? Where's the Where, turtle? This is a plot hole that needs to be filled. Yeah. Hashtag unleash the turtle. We need to know that he's being taken care of. In fact, actually, when Barry was talking about all the wonderful things he did for her, I kept on expecting Iris to be like, did you feed the turtle? Because I was going to feed yeah. the turtle. I mean, did he make turtle pancakes? We don't know. <laughs> and turtle actually, bacon? at the at the end, not to jump ahead here, but at the end when he's had everything lit on, uh, you know, all the candles everywhere, I just wanted to see a little turtle like running back and forth on the screen going, ah, I'm on fire, put it out, put it out. <laughs> no, he put a candle on the turtle's back so That's the turtle would just walk is. around and set the rest of the apartment on fire. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very slowly, of course. I'm just saying, man, We uh, where's the turtle? That's that's the question. But no, we're not, uh, we're, yeah, we're not letting this die. Turtle for life. Turtle TV talk. But I do I do love the fact that their relationship is going well, fairly drama free. I mean, you know, aside from the you know potentially going to die in a couple of months, or at least what is being uh, uh, teased to be her death on the horizon. Um, but no, they've they've actually got a uh, a legitimate solid relationship, free of your typical CW ness, right? Which is yeah, like like you know, it's it's very bizarre because you would think that with that horrible event looming over both of their heads that there might be a little tension in the relationship but no there, there's not and that's 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 very weird because you know i mean i yeah, everybody that's been in a relationship knows that they're, they're not always easygoing and peachy keen but like when you have the future knowledge that your girlfriend's going to be dead in a couple months that, that, that's a lot of emotional baggage yeah you know it's interesting because what we see a lot of times in television and just just kind of fiction in general is characters will be killed in order to kind of progress the storyline of other characters, right? The one one dies to be a motivating factor for uh, those that remain. And while I still believe that that is going to happen before the end of the season, because of the time travel narrative here, we actually are able to get a lot of that, uh, you know, that rich character development without having to lose the character, you know, especially Barry, more so than anybody else, Barry has been kind of almost processing the potential loss of Iris uh, without having to actually lose her. And it's great because we see such a monumental shift. You know, he's been trying to tweak things uh, here and there throughout the timeline. And and then finally, he kind of gets into this whole like, you know, I'm not going to just I'm not going to nudge it. I'm going to break it. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go kind of hardcore. And then, you know, ultimately, it is love that uh, finds a way to the point where he realizes, you know, he's been thinking about this all wrong and and he's been trying to aggressively fight the timeline as opposed to actively change it. You know, does does that make sense? Did did what I say just did that make sense right there? 
So, yes and no. Well, okay, so my point is that, like, he was trying to change the the timeline with aggression, right? Like, his entire, the weight that was on him this episode was whether or not he should kill Grodd. You know, yes. he, he was faced with that choice last episode with uh, Solovar, choosing, of course, to, to give him life, or at least not kill him. And then, you know, here we have him kind of faced up with this guerrilla invasion, something that seems so far-fetched, so impossible, uh, that the fact that this is actually happening and that it was predicted to happen in his jump to the future, it almost seems like things are so far beyond his control, right? Like this isn't just, oh, Wally will save the day instead of me. This is a pretty big deal, you know, for there to be a, a huge guerrilla invasion. So for him to want to go kind of hardcore and be like, you know what? I'm going to cut this off at the source. I'm going to kill Grodd. That's a pretty major change, but it is a change made out of aggression, what he ends up with at the end, the kind of realization he has, is that no, he can positively impact the timeline as opposed to aggressively or negatively impact the timeline by going ahead and marrying Iris, like by making a future with her. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah, you're right. Because he's seeing these events and he's like, I have to do these things to change these events. What he wasn't thinking about is there are other things that he could change that could have just as big of an impact as changing those events. Like, for example, getting married to Iris. Or moving to Africa away from all of this stuff, <laughs> you know, doing things like that. But yeah, so, so this is a step in the right direction for Flash. Wait, this is, wait this you, is, you want him to pull, pull a full-on Dave Chappelle? Exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is this is exactly – this is like, you know, after season whatever of, of Chappelle's show. After season when two, Dave, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dave was like, nah, <laughs> that ain't me. <laughs> um, no, man. But yeah, I, I, do like, I do like this idea of Barry um, kind of taking more of a, a positive, more hopeful – move towards the future. I love that, you know, Iris even said specifically, and I mean, we saw this with Harry as well, that that's not what makes you the Flash. What makes you the Flash is that you find another way. Um, you know, we've, we've you know, you and I, Bell, we, we kind of come on different uh, philosophies and what we like to see from our heroes. You, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but but you generally are okay with heroes killing under the correct circumstances. I am more pushing that heroes will always, at least DC heroes, or at least my preferred heroes, certainly the Flash, will always find an alternative method so that no one has to die, and that is what makes them heroes. Well, I think it depends on the hero, because it's all about justification on the individual hero level, right? Like, you know, Wolverine has seen a lot of stuff, and so all of his experience with, you know, humanity is this kind of negative portrayal thing. So it's like, to him, he sees that there are bad people and bad people will never stop doing bad things unless you stop them. Whereas Flash is more of a hopeful person. He's like, well, there's always a possibility. There's always a chance to change everyone. No one is set in stone. No one is concrete. There's always a possibility to, you know, prevent them from doing things without having to resort to that. So, yeah, I, you know, there, there's some situations where it's kind of like, yeah, maybe you should do that. And then that, that I feel that it could be justified. But I'm one of those that would like to remain hopeful, but I can see the side of the other, you know, sure. the, the, the justification for killing. Well, let me ask you this. So the Flash, would you be OK with the Flash killing? No, absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. Like that. That's that's a core part of his character. Like it. it he would. They're right. He wouldn't be the Flash anymore. if he killed Exactly. That's, that's exactly right. All right. No. Next question. What do you feel about Grodd? getting the full Harambe treatment from someone other than the Flash. That's what I was thinking this whole episode. It's like, well, you know, you, you mentioned, Barry, that Oliver doesn't mind killing people. Go get Oliver. Go get here. Oliver, right? Barry. <laughs> right? Put an arrow. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, put an arrow in Grodd's head and you should be done with it. You what? didn't do it. 
And don't forget. Nobody can blame that on you. Be like, hey, Oliver, what you doing? Yeah, there's this crazy gorilla. Uh, he's killing a lot of people. He's going to kill more people. He tried to nuke the city. Oliver would be like, nuking the city? That's a terrible thing. Even though Felicity nuked the city last season, I can't have somebody else nuke a, a city in a CW <laughs> show. So, you know, he would show up and he'd kill Grodd and then this whole thing would be over. I mean, like, plus you got freaking Harry rolling around with his giant super rifle. Ready and fully equipped to kill off King Sharks. Like, sure, like, you know, there's there's a there's more than one way to kill a gorilla. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, Joe, Joe could just pump him full of lead. Uh, you know, I don't think at this stage in the game, if Grodd's going to survive that fall, I don't think a a regular bullet's going to do it. Yeah, it's probably going to take some kind of like crazy super special bullet yeah i mean think think about it from this standpoint too i mean they've they've explained you know that grod has been constantly in this kind of evolutionary process he's gotten bigger he's gotten stronger uh he's gotten more durable i Uh, am (laughs) what is john malkovich the batman voice i am better i am stronger (laughs) i am batman Exactly. Exactly. So I mean, like he's he's. I am Gorilla Grodd. He's doing much love to David Sobolov, but I would actually pay money to see a John Malkovich as Gorilla Grodd. Oh man! Oh yes. If you know, if just for this episode, if just for this episode, John Malkovich could have played an accessory character that gets controlled oh, by that Gorilla would have been Grodd. Great. Yeah, he could have been the yeah. guy. He could have been the you know the, um, the general guy. Yeah, yeah, generic looking white guy. He could have been that. Yeah, and they could be like, why is John Malkovich? Oh, wait, no, wait. <laughs> That's not John Malkovich. That's this general guy. That's right. And then Grodd would be John Malkovich. He would know what it was like to be. Grodd would be being John Malkovich. He would be being John Malkovich. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Grodd comes back to Flash and he's like, whoa, man, you know, I just got this really weird perspective from John Malkovich. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just going to go to Argus. I'm going to turn myself in. Future changed. Bam, right there. Well, I will say this, man. I, I gotta, you know, the 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 fact that Barry has this idea to to go and get Solivar, you know, to kind of set things right. Uh, by the way, I was totally wrong last episode. I need to eat some crow because last episode I was convinced that Grodd was controlling Solivar. After this episode, I think I was completely wrong. I think that I think pr- you were too. Yeah, I think you know, based on what we're seeing, I think actually Earth Two Solivar is. Uh, exactly who we saw him to be. And I mean, you know, someone who is obviously not set in his ways to the point where, you know, he's not going to kill Grodd just because, and he is willing to to work with the Flash and work in, in kind of that, you know, I will spare him because you spared me. But no, this is a much more aggressive Solovar than I've known or expected from the comics. And part of that, of course, is that this is Earth 2 Solovar. Uh, and so they they are able, you know, they take enough licenses with with the primary characters anyway. But the fact that now we're dealing with an alternate Earth version of that character, I mean, it opens up a lot of a lot of leeway, let's say. Well, yeah. And, you know, this is one of those things where we get to see Solver perhaps grow into that character that we're familiar with on Earth One uh, by seeing the Flash and how he acts. You know, maybe he will be this more noble strive to be a more noble ruler you know something like that yeah i do hope that we see him again that fight by the way oh my god oh that was so good um i you know i'm kind of, i'm actually very surprised because i was expecting to see this major throwdown between grod and flash like something that we not, haven't necessarily seen i wasn't well you know i i guess i guess just the the promo images especially of barry like in the punching bag uh you know just like trying to to get psyched up and get pumped up and ready for this but ultimately dude i mean like solovar versus grod was best fight of the series yeah that's pretty cool i mean it was pretty epic and i was even thinking that you know watching this episode with the gorilla army coming into the city and you know the speedsters taking them on we have a tendency as flash fans as speedsters as geeks 
to kind of look at the almost godlike ability to run at the speed or beyond the speed of light and be kind of like, yeah, right, well, what, you know, who can stand against that when it, when it comes down to it, what actual threats are there? However, the sheer like power of, you know, the guerrilla city uh, officers of, of the guards of, of the army, you know, you see Jesse and Wally diving into the fray. And I mean, yeah, they're, they're hitting them, but I mean, like those gorillas can take the hit. When it's all said yeah. and done, it's almost like they're just swatting at gnats here. And so, you well, know, they're, they're sitting there like, yeah, they're taking these these little mosquito bites. Exactly. Until yeah. they can time it right to just wham. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. It is like somebody gets a, a luck. All it takes is for one of those like, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of gorillas to get one lucky shot in. And then, boom, speedster taken care of. I, they did a fantastic job of establishing a legitimate threat for three speedsters. I mean, that that in and of itself is a difficult, you know, a difficult task to lay ahead of yourself. Yeah, because everyone else, it's been, you know, Barry gets the one shot in that he needs. Either like it's a lightning shot or the supersonic punch. Uh, you know, all these different kind of things where, you know, he's got to go in there and he's got to get the one punch and KO. Uh, he, he hasn't done a lot of endurance fighting. And that's that's exactly what this the, it's, you know, the antithesis. Uh, like, as you know, you said the Captain Cold is kind of, you know, the opposite and that he can freeze stuff so they can't move and the flash, you know. But this is more of like a physical opposite as opposed to like a polar opposite, if yeah. you will. And an overwhelming physical op- opposite. Yeah. You know, it's not just like Girder where it's like, you know, supersonic uh, punch or anything like that. Like this is like there's there's tons of them. And actually, to, to contrast that to the crossover event with the, with the Dominators, I remember that big battle where you had all of these heroes going up against all these aliens and thinking like, you know, between Supergirl and the Flash, everybody else can really just kind of sit this one out. Because, I mean, yeah. I, like, there's no reason. I mean, honestly, even Supergirl could probably like just kind of chill if she wanted to, because honestly, like, there's no reason why Barry could not take out that entire army of aliens within the blink of an eye. Here, not the same situation. These guys are all hulks. They, these guys can all take every single punch, no matter how fast he throws it at them. And so, yeah, great job. I mean, like, hats off. This uh, two-part buildup with, with Grodd and Gorilla City and the invasion of Earth-1 to Gorilla City and then Gorilla City to Earth-1, or Earth-1 man, fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah, you know, I, I felt like this was the culmination of everything about Grodd that we've seen thus far. Like, this was the, this is uh, ultimate Grodd, like peak Grodd, what was tonight. And and I, I thought it was great and I loved it. But at the same time, now that he's in Argus, I don't think we're going to be seeing him for a while. Oh, he'll be back and you know what's going to happen when he gets back. Oh, yeah? He's going to throw down with King Shark, man. They even threw that little nod to the fans who've been, like, clamoring for it. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about that, and I think that would be cool, but I I still think this was Pete Grodd. I think this was, this no, was this, just— No, yes, this was Pete Grodd. And actually, I'll tell you this, man. The invasion reminded me very heavily of— There was a, a comic book series called Outsiders, which was actually kind of a reboot of the original Outsiders, uh, which was Nightwing Dick Grayson— uh, you know, Robin from Batman and Robin, all grown up, uh, leading a team of uh, superheroes, uh, former Teen Titans, now uh, older and having their own superhero identities and kind of uh, and, and doing kind of their own superhero uh, team outside of, you know, the Justice League and, and, you know, but more adult than the Teen Titans. And one of the first arcs, I believe, actually, in the first uh, three part issue, three issues, uh, there is a invasion of I want to say Metropolis, actually. Uh, of Gorilla City invading Metropolis. And and so you had like these armies of gorillas from Gorilla City attacking the city. And honestly, it just, I, I felt 
very much like this was almost an homage to that. I mean, we've seen that before, obviously. Uh, but for me, the the imagery very much stood out and, and reminded me directly of that. Yeah. All right. So obviously, there's a, there's a ton to love about this episode, uh, not the least of which is that we get more time with Harry and HR um, <laughs> trying to coexist. Of course. Uh, Speaking H- of polar opposites, right? Yeah, exactly. HR, very stoked to spend some time with with Harry. They both said something that keeps on driving me crazy. And I, I don't know why this continues to happen, Bell. HR makes mention of the fact of the differences they have. And then he says, I wonder what the other one was like, or the other, the way maybe perhaps the other one brushed his teeth. And I would almost kind of give it to HR because, you know, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. But for Harry to then say the murderer, it's like, no, 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 guys, that wasn't, that wasn't your doppelganger. That was Eobard Thawne. Like just, he was just wearing a suit. He was wearing a Harrison Wells suit. An Egger suit. <laughs> exactly. So like, you know, again, we see this this somewhat inconsistent reference to Harrison Wells that we experienced in season one as if that was actually Harrison Wells, which we all know and all should know. And Harry, by the way, should definitely know that that was not Harrison Wells. Well, yeah. No, neither HR nor Harry were around with. No, nah, but Harry uh, knows that. Yeah, he, he knows it. But I mean, it might be one of those things where. But even still, though, even still. Uh, well, I mean, he did make specific reference to the murderer. Um, yeah, exactly. And consider this, too. All throughout season two, we just constantly heard Harry like like he obsessed over the fact that that was not him. Now, I know that, you know, there's even if it was a, a straight up doppelganger, that would be there as well. But the fact that and Harry even explains that, by the way, at one point in season two, it's like that was not me. And by the way, that wasn't even the other me. Like he says that specifically and so i don't know it's a pet peeve of mine and it, it kind of drives me yeah. crazy whenever it pops up so what he should have said was you mean before the murderer took over his body no he should have just said yeah that wasn't us or, or something like that you know what but i mean it was, it was them at one point is what i'm saying yeah but that harrison wells was not a murderer we have no reason to believe that that harrison wells was a murderer well sure but but, I'm, but yeah if they want to reference if they want to talk about the other you know harrison wells then they should make reference to before eobard took over his body i guess i don't know i just mm, that that uh that does kind of drive too many lines crazy. too many lines to put in there yeah i guess they had like ah we got it we got to cut three lines from the script uh cut in the ones that you know harry explains to hr about you know, Eobard not actually being their doppelganger. <laughs> Look, Harry and HR, I, I'll, I'll let it slide just for the sole reason that I love seeing those two together yes. um, and, and kind of dealing with each other. Uh, Harry, of course, dealing with the fact that his little girl is starting to grow up or at least, you know, to some extent she is grown up. I feel like, you know, based on the, our understanding of Earth 2, she is considered more of an adult than, say, she would be had she been on Earth 1 in the same age. Um, you know, even just kind of this idea. I mean, they're kind of young, right? I mean, like Wally's a freshman. So is like 18, 19. I think that's about right. I mean, like 18 and 19, like, you know, and, and she's suggesting they go off and get a place. I'm like, you know, I know y'all are speedsters, but you're kind of moving a little fast there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Because they. OK, so I, I don't know how long they spent before she went back to Earth 2 together. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem like it was very long. So she's been at Earth 2 for however long. Now she's come back for, I don't know, a week two weeks and they're moving in together yeah you need to you need to slow that down again i get it speedsters and then also like i said i think she is by by her earth standards i think that that she she is kind of considered more mature than what she would be otherwise and, and based on what we've gotten that seems to be the case but still a little fast i think it was a little yeah. fast for wally too well they are speedsters yeah this is true 
This is true. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I do actually. Um, I feel like despite the the rocky start of their relationship and and uh, often cheesy, if not forced dialogue between them, I, I am starting to see the chemistry there. I think that uh, I think they make an interesting couple. Uh, Harry, the fact that he even tried to kind of manipulate things like that, I, I felt was slightly beneath him. You know, I, I did and I didn't like I. Yeah. He's killed people before. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so fair point. I, yeah. I, I thought like as he was doing it, he knew it was wrong because you could just kind of see like how he was saying it. And while his reaction he's like, oh, my God, he's buying this. He's buying this. But I, I, I've already said it. I have to go in. He's like, crap. Yeah. Um. Uh. I don't have a lot of time. Crap. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it really looked like, you know. He wasn't expecting him to buy it, and he did. And then he's like, ah, I shouldn't be doing this because I know Jesse's going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah. The, uh, the, the, uh, the chat is echoing Gunnar in the chat saying he can't believe he's saying this, but he's glad that Harry was being a jerk uh, rather than actually dying. And I got to say, same thing, because I, I was a little nervous at first, like, oh, no. Oh, no, don't kill Harry. Please. No, the way he was delivering that, I was like, man, come on, Harry. Don't be like so overprotected that you're going to lie to a kid and tell him that you're dying. Yeah. But I mean, I guess that was his shtick from all from, you know, the majority of season two is being manipulative. Uh, I just thought he had moved past that. But no, yeah. I guess not. Yeah. I guess not. Uh, we did get a great comment from Jesse, a revelation that on Earth 2, uh, there is another version of Star Wars, Star Wars where uh, it's the original Lucas script of Luke Starkiller. No, I thought that was from Gypsy. Oh, was it Gypsy? Yeah, Gypsy said you're trying to Luke Starkiller me, aren't you? Oh my gosh, was that right? I, I let me see. I'm putting it in my notes. So it's Earth 19. Earth 19. Well, all right, wait. One way or the other, like the revelation that on every single Earth there's a different iteration of Star Wars makes me want to have a tour of the multiverse so bad, so that we can yes. go around and watch. Bell, there is a version. There is an Earth out there where the prequels were good. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same it's thing. It's a huge revelation, man. Like we gotta and, and there's a universe out there where uh the whole like Jar Jar Sith Lord theory is true. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Yeah. I hope that they explore that more. Um, you know, now that we've got uh, Gypsy willing to to bend the rules from time to time. Obviously, you know, she does pop in here at the beginning and they uh quickly take her uh, you know off of the the mind control. And uh, you know. All right, so so Cisco makes mention of the fact that that he got he got no game, and Caitlin was trying to make him feel better about that. But we all know, like, yeah, no, he's got no game. And yeah, she's like, oh, Cisco, you you your have game is strong. Board games. She's like, no, you, you your game is strong. And I'm like, nah, it ain't strong. No, no, you're you're great. You're great. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing you're doing good. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, and you know, they they mentioned some of his failed love connections of the past and. That is sad, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm starting to vibe with it. Well, he never meets anybody outside of work. That's his problem. I mean, none of them do. Well, that's true. Name- none of them have any lives outside of uh, exactly <laughs> outside other- of the Flash family. Other than Joe, who else is not, like, liter- like literally dating or, or, you know, in some sort of active relationship with somebody who's not either on the team or some sort of super-powered individual, more than likely a villain? Now, Iris... Iris with Eddie, you could argue that. That was before she was part of the team. And Eddie ended up being the great, 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 great grandfather of a supervillain. Of, 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 of Flash's most <laughs> most challenging and worst villain ever. Exactly. Plus, he died saving slash destroying the world. So, you know, way, yeah. to, go, way to go there, Eddie. <laughs> was... Caitlin dated at the office. You saw how that turned out with Ronnie. A couple twice. times. Yeah. <laughs> turned out with Ronnie um, twice, then Jay. 
So Anna J. And I mean, like, it's not looking good for Julian, who was absent this episode. Uh, that's because, uh, you know, it was way too reminiscent of Planet of the Apes for him, I think. Yeah. Right. There, there, would have, there would have been too many Planet of the Apes references that if they didn't make them, I would have been sad if Julian was in this episode. Contractually, contractually obligated to not be in any episodes involving uh, uh, super intelligent apes. Well, but he wasn't the one. It's just this one had them at war. So I think right. he'd have been like, right. This is very familiar. I'm, I'm having deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So back to Cisco and Gypsy, uh, you know, I, I did like the team up there. I, I did like that line too about I'm going to marry that woman. Like, you know, yeah. I was like, Cisco, man, I, I tell you what, you better lock that one down. Cause I, you know, she's a, she's out of your league. Like for, first of all, a, most all of these women have been completely out of his league. No offense to yeah. Cisco, but come on, man. Like, you know, nobody has your kind of luck yeah good and bad in these situations and so um you know i do i i I get a soul soulmate feel with with those two you know they they both have similar powers so it's not like she can like jump a dimension and and hide from him he can just be creepy stalker and just follow her (laughs) (laughs) but you know here's the thing though technically him being creepy stalker jumping universe to universe for example when he goes to get her uh means that he is technically breaking the laws of earth 19 which put might even put him directly in uh you know in the sights of Earth 19 speedster uh, who yes we we finally got to see the cameo of the accelerated man the flash of Earth 19 now listeners those of you who've uh, been around for this season you know that we have speculated from time to time that perhaps on Earth 19 HR is actually the accelerated man that he is actually the flash of his earth um, we kind of looked at this from a couple of different angles. You know, maybe he was just uh, doing kind of like, you know, that facial recognition thing and he's just covering up his identity. Who knows what exactly is going on? But one way or the other, I think it's safe to say HR is not the Flash of Earth-19. Yeah, it nothing like him. It looked a lot younger. Well, do you think it could be his um, his partner? Uh, it could be his partner. Uh, I'd have to go back and look because he put his partner's face on at one point in this episode. Yeah, real well in this episode. Not, not sorry, not this episode. Okay. In, in this se- uh, this season. Yeah, earlier in the season he did just very briefly, and I like in, in enough time that if they need to recast that person, they can do it pretty quickly. So I wouldn't I wouldn't hold too much. As to that, I, although I was, like I said, I will say that perhaps there is, um, perhaps, perhaps that that could be the case. Do you think that we're going to see the accelerated man again? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we better. That's all I have to say. I mean, I, I it's a fun nod. It's cool to see him. I would love, you know, the more the more flashes of more Earths, the better. Well, they um, they set it up. They have to, right? Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I rewound this multiple times on this scene to make sure that I understood what Gypsy was saying. But Gypsy hands him. Uh, a picture and I didn't recognize the person from the picture um, but he says I found her on earth to go get her basically like he's sending she like like gypsy is sending the accelerated man off to go find this person Ooh. oh well the way that I saw that is that that's essentially gypsy's job she's supposed to jump earths to go and like collect these people yeah but she didn't collect the person she found the person and then gave the picture to accelerated man and said, go get her on earth 19. Oh, or on oh. Earth, or on earth two. okay. I think, all right. That, I misremembered that. Cause I thought it that, was, that, the other that's way why I had to watch it a couple of times because I couldn't tell if she was saying I found her here or like if she was insinuating that she captured her or that I know where she is, go get her. It, it's, it seemed to me after watching a couple of times, cause he's, she, uh, gypsy's giving him the picture and mm. saying, I found her here. And then he leaves. So I, I'm I'm thinking that he's going to go get whoever this is. Interesting. And I think whoever this is is going to be some kind of important thing, and we're going to see Accelerated Man again. 
Uh, mm, uh, could be. Could Mark be. my words. We'll see him again, and it's going to have something to do with the person in the picture. On Earth 2. Uh, potentially Earth 2, yes. I guess that would open the doors, too, to get Harry back. Because, uh, you know, obviously he's he's gone. Uh, or at least and no he's longer he's got to shoot us. Savitar from the rooftop. Uh, okay, so we're, we're agreed on that. I think I think so. Because he took his gun back with him, too, right? I mean, that gun has never left I know, well, <laughs> Harry's <I> side. <laughs> he sleeps. He sleeps with yeah, it under his pillow. With the gun. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable because it sticks out on either side of the pillow, and it's cold. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Okay. Cool. All right. So we're we're agreed on that as well. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. I think I think you know what? I'm with you, man. I think perhaps that that does make a lot of sense. That accelerated man will come back. For an Earth 2 nod that will ultimately bring Harry back into Earth 1 for the major showdown at the uh, at the tail end of this season. Now, before I jump into, uh, you know, the tail end of this episode, uh, is there anything, anyone that we're, we're missing? We talked about uh, Jesse and Wally. We talked about Barry and Iris. We talked about, uh, you know, Caitlin. HR and Harry. HR and Harry. We did, we, there's not a whole lot to mention about Caitlin this episode. Well, there was this. Did you notice that Caitlin's necklace was not glowing the entire episode? Um, no, I didn't know if that was something that was important or not, but she, th- when I gave it to her, it was glowing. It wasn't glowing now. Yeah. I wouldn't read too much into it, especially considering the fact when they, when they were debating what to do with Grodd, she was very much on the pro-life stance, right? She did not want to kill him. And I think she even like expressed feeling sorry for him because of the, you know, the, the, the turmoil that his life was. Um, she felt somewhat even responsible for that. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's a very sympathetic person to Grodd and Grodd understands that and Grodd realizes that. So I don't think that Grodd's fully gone no. uh, until Grodd does something to hurt Caitlin. That is his point of no return. Ooh, Grodd versus Caitlin, Killer Frost. That would be interesting. Mm, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty yeah. cool. Uh, do you think we've seen the last of Gypsy? Uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah, she'll be back. She'll definitely be back. I mean, if, if for no other reason than to like, you know, deny Cisco a third time. I know, man. She is like the queen of cold shoulders. Move over, Caitlin. That's uh, <laughs> that's some cold, cold moves. Killer right shoulder. There. I'm telling you. Um, rough, rough for old Cisco there, man. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that was that was tough. But man, you know, I, I do like it. We got some uh, some lovely romantic uh, things going on this episode on Friends Day with uh, you know, Wally and. Jesse and and Barry and Iris and Cisco and Gypsy sort of uh, and Caitlin and and perhaps Julian and of course Joe goes off to his date in uh, in off screenville. But Someone almost get shot in the head. Yeah, after after almost getting shot in the head, uh, pretty pretty awesome effect right there. Now this is this is kind of telling, I think, to me that we're seeing that Barry is in fact you know he is getting faster. Like his whole thing about wanting to be fast enough to kind of cross the room to save Iris. Now. They've known this is coming in, in the sense that they Barry experienced the future, even though that he threw uh, Solovar, not Solovar, Savitar, uh, even though he threw Savitar into the Speed Force, into the, the future, he knew that at some point he's coming back. Well, at the tail end of this episode, while well, Wally's going off to get the pizza. Uh, the Big Belly Burger, thank big, you very much. Big Belly Burger, we get the big reveal that Savitar has returned. And that's going to bring us to this week's... Speedster speculation. Savitar's back. All right. <laughs> okay, man. Sav- oh my God, he's back again. <laughs> Savitar has returned. Now, Bell, we saw Savitar go into a little box, get hurled into the Speed Force, never to return again. Yet here he is. My question to you: How to get back? Uh, 
I don't know. There wasn't a lot to go off of on that episode, but it was something I, I recall seeing the box. Was there a, a, for the preview for next week? It was something to do with the box. Oh, maybe I have not. I, I should mention this. I have not seen the preview for next week. Because because they're, 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 this is this is the plot line for next week's episode. It's exactly what we're talking about right now. Yeah, I would imagine. So, uh, well, thankfully, because it could be one of those things where it's like, you know, Wally goes, oh, I saw Savitar. How to get back? Find out in three weeks when we drag the story out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, man, they're, but, they're pretty good about hitting it, hitting it quick. Yeah, yeah. They've been they've been doing real good with that. So, I, you know, I don't know. It just uh, it could, could it have something to do with the speed force. And, and maybe since, you know, he his connection to it is just so different. Right. Well, we're not even exactly sure what, if at all, connection he has to the Speed Force. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, because it's like uh, honestly, he... we've taken this this kind of significant break because ever since he got hurled in there, you know that that has not been the primary focus of you know the, these last several episodes. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of nice, honestly. It, it was kind of nice to almost have a breathe. Like I'm, I'm glad that he's back because obviously that's a that's a huge. Uh, he represents a threat that that is unlike anything that Barry has ever experienced, and so you know this. this some loose ends that definitely need to be tied up here, but it was kind of nice to have a, a little bit of a breather in the midst of like this huge apocalyptic speed God, you know? Yeah. And I'm wondering if it's going to have something to do like, you know, his return with, you know, how he was imprisoned. The the reason why he looks different, the reason why he, when he runs really fast, it doesn't look anything like we've seen before. Uh, I, I'm curious if they're just going to, if all of these things are, tied to why he was able to escape the speed force as if he's not necessarily connected to it, but he's using something different or I mean, I don't know, like a bit of technology or something. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really hard to tell because he's so different. Cause like, you know, with, with reverse flash, reverse speed force with zoom, you know, he's using the, uh, the, 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 uh, velocity. uh velocity nine, but it's all speed force adjacent at least. Yeah, well, right. and we, we've kind of speculated that Velocity 9, like, it, it tries to make the call to the Speed Force, but ultimately the Speed Force rejects it. Yeah, um, it doesn't pick up, and so you get the answering machine, and that's why you And then the answering away. machine kills you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, with Savitar, I think it is something different. Also, you got to remember with Savitar that based on what we learned from Jay, Savitar exists outside of kind of the multiverse like like you know the the implication is that he is like this there's not an infinite number of savitars that he's something different and so he could exist on on uh it's possible that that the box ended up on a different earth and kind of broke on that earth and then he you know ran back here i don't know they could take it a lot of different ways i'm also kind of curious if somebody let him out of the box remember we didn't have Julian at all this episode. But the box is trapped in the Speed Force. How is Julian getting in the Speed Force? Well, fair point, but... Unless he's accelerated, man. No, no, no. Well, here's well, this is what I'm saying, though. Perhaps the box actually isn't in the Speed Force. You know, like when Barry... All right, so remember when Barry is running at the season finale of season one, he sees all of these visions. Like, he sees like these almost like these openings in time and space. And he sees the future. He sees the past. He even sees other Earths, um, including, you know, what perhaps we could assume is the Jay Garrick of Earth 3, or at least uh, what we can, what we know to be the, the flash of the 90s one way or the other. But regardless, he sees all of these multiple Earths as he's running through the Speed Force. What if the box just fell through one of those holes and... <laughs> Barry just threw it and accidentally threw it into another Earth. Yeah, just, I mean, like, you know. You like, some dude's just, like, walking down the street, gets hit in the head with this ancient-looking box, and he's like, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, and like, he opens it. He, he ain't Ollie. I'm just saying, he doesn't have, like, like great, great aim. He just wanted to get rid of the thing. <laughs> uh, I think, I, I'm not a sports guy, but I believe that they call that a Hail Mary. Just kind of throw it out there. 
Yeah, yeah, it seems, seems like it. Well, there it is. And so um, one way or the other, he missed. And and I'm going to say it fell into another earth. We know there's other breachers out there. We know there's other um, you know people that can vibe and open up portals to other earths. Perhaps um, he busts through and someone is able... Well, we don't know that Savitar can't travel on Earth through Earths by himself. Uh, uh, I mean, could we insinuate that he can? Because, you know, he's from Earth... Well, he's not from Earth 2, but I mean, he... No, we don't know. No, what... no, no. Sorry, sorry. Flashpoint, Flashpoint. Yeah. Uh, so there's timeline jumping that he can do, but yeah, Earth jumping, I don't know. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and and I guess even if that's the case, it would imply that someone opened the box, and that would not be Julian, unless it was like a boomerang situation. Maybe Barry threw it into the future, and the future was just like a month and a half away. Or maybe Barry threw it into the past, and then Julian found it again and opened it in the past. Yeah, but. That would Barry been, threw it so hard it went into the ruins that Julian found and opened it, started all this stuff. I don't think you can get Savitar time remnants because <laughs> yeah, that, that would essentially be what, what, what that is, if that's the case. I get the sense that if Savitar is going to exist outside of time and space, then the rules that would apply to other speedsters would not necessarily apply to him. I don't know. Just speculating. I mean, yeah, that would make sense. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to how they answer that question. It's one of these that it's not like... It's not groundbreaking or or even like the biggest question mark of the series or season or episode even. It's just kind of a, kind of a, huh, you know, like we knew he'd be back. I mean, there is something about like, we'll just, you know, put it, put it, put him in a box, throw, you know, put him in a hole, throw away the hole and put the hole in the speed force. <laughs> I mean, we, we know one way or the other is coming back, but um, I am curious to see how they explain it. And I am also I- curious to see if Julian is involved. Yeah, I am too. I, I I can't help but think that he is, and uh, maybe this time he won't be an unwilling participant. Maybe this is something where like just that desire for finding this thing, like he did before. Maybe something you know compel. I don't know. I don't know. But it, I I'm sure it's going to be a really interesting explanation. It's just it, he's so different. Savitar is so different from the other speedsters that we've encountered in the series that it's kind of hard to to I mean speculate on what he is and how he operates. You know. Yeah, I hear you, man. All right. This is David Sobolov, the voice of Gorilla Grodd on The Flash, and you're listening to Flash TV Talk. I am Grodd. Listener feedback this week. Uh, man, we got an iTunes review in. Uh, we've got we got actually got playing kind of catch up here on iTunes reviews a little bit, uh, and uh, we got a, we got an iTunes review in from Michelle or is it Michael? I, I can never <laughs> I always read those names. Uh, Michelle, it looks like Michelle. Michelle okay. GE. Michelle GE. What did Michelle say? Uh well, they write. I just finished watching the first two seasons of Flash and decided I need a podcast to listen to. I sampled a few others, but Flash TV Talk was clearly the winner. Bo and Bell are knowledgeable and hilarious, and really make me think about the Flash in ways I had yet to consider. I particularly enjoy when Bo breaks out into song. I <laughs> I too am a huge <laughs> sucker for musicals or when bell discusses omg science i'm not very familiar with the comics and i really enjoy hearing both of them discuss the source material i feel that i can truly consider myself a flash fan because of this podcast this podcast is not just the best flash episode discussion but one of the best discussions of a tv show that i have found oh, five wow. stars wow. wow thank you very much michelle that's that's awesome that is extreme high praise thank you so much michelle we really appreciate that man that is that's awesome we yeah. also uh listener william marchbanks wrote in uh after this episode said man i'm loving the show more and more every episode it's like crack for speedsters uh <laughs> mental image uh that for a second would you <laughs> a speedster on crack hmm. anyways i'm gonna call it right now caitlin is going to die julian is going to betray the team and become dr alchemy again uh to free savitar in an effort to get caitlin back but will only get killer frost 
the the killer frost personified back instead. Okay, so interesting. So he's proposing here that Caitlin will die, but Julian and Julian will betray, and that would then bring huh? Caitlin back is a fate worse than death. Yeah. So Caitlin would be two of the three from that standpoint. Huh. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I we we just actually talked about that, but I don't doubt that Julian is going to do something to betray the team. Like I kind of feel like that, like because. I don't know if he's going to hang out for more seasons, so it, it would make sense to me for him either to die or to betray or to do something so that he's not going to be around anymore. Yeah, he got but, that uh, Malfoy money, man. He doesn't. He doesn't have yeah. to. Do this. He doesn't have to do the show. Got the Harry Potter money, yo. <laughs> Telling you, I, I would not have suspected Julian as returning to the dark side if not for the odd nature of he being gone an episode and then at the end of that episode, Savitar is back. You know what I mean? We should have you know, known better from season two when Jay kind of mysteriously disappeared for a while. Every time Zoom was around? Every time Zoom was around. Like, we should have... Just like everyone in Metropolis with half a brain should realize that Clark Kent is nowhere near to be seen every time Superman's around? Yeah, we messed that one up. Why, why did we mess that one up? Yeah. Yeah. Because we... Yes. We would make great anyway. Metropolis residents, clearly. Yeah. So, but but yeah, like... uh. uh it's funny, right? They're all going to be in the cortex next episode and they're going to be like, all right, uh, Julian. So Savitar's back. Where were you yesterday? And he's going to be like, um, well, funny story. <laughs> I was walking along the street and a box came out of the speed force, hit me in the head and I opened it and Savitar popped out. <laughs> uh huh. And <laughs> it's like, sorry, I, it was a box. I had to open it. You know, it's just one of those, one of those things. You just got to do it. Well, you know. it, it looked old. It could have had gold in it. I don't know. I mean, yes. I guess if you see a little box, especially one that has kind of ancient carvings on it or something like that, I don't know, man. It could go either way. It's either gold or a curse. And sometimes it's cursed gold. Uh, yeah, that's that's even worse. Yeah. Just don't touch that box. Yeah. That's the message of this episode. Happy Friends Day and don't touch the box. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we want to thank all of you for uh, tuning in and listening to Flash TV Talk. We want to especially thank those of you who are helping make this show happen at patreon.com slash TV Talk. Uh, hey, by the way, if you're listening on the Satchel podcast player, there's a button right there that says be a patron. Click that button uh, to help make this show happen. Become a patron uh, by uh, listening on Satchel and clicking that button. Uh, become a, a hero and uh, get the the uh, ultimate archive of shows that date back to season zero of Flash TV Talk, where we do commentaries and flashpoints from around the multiverse. Uh, you get that full feed by becoming a patron at the $1 level. If you become a patron at the $3 level, then not only do you get Flash TV Talk every single week, but you also get some additional content in the form of shenanigans. Uh, what are the shenanigans? Go over to patreon.com slash TV Talk to find out more. Uh, and then, of course, if you want to be a uh, brain trust at the $5 per episode level, y'all are awesome. Y'all help make this show happen, and you will continue to help make future shows happen as well again more details at patreon.com slash tv talk or just click be a patron right there on the satchel podcast player also you can follow us throughout the week you can follow us at flash tv talk uh but if 140 characters is it enough to express your love for our show feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com that's p-o-d-a-s-t-e-r-y.com and for the latest news and daily discussions on all things Flash, be sure to like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach who provides our outro music. You can check out the rest of his stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. Uh, don't forget to review the show on iTunes. We like to give away a free digital comic every single 10th review we have. And Bell, before you even ask, no, no, I've not gotten Greg his comic yet. And by the way, thank uh... you to everyone who's been tweeting me 
and in some instances, Joe, Facebook messaging me throughout the week uh, to remind me. I sent him text messages too. I know you did. You did good. You did good. A lot of people have been. They'd be like, "Where's Greg's comic? Where's Greg's?" So Greg, they're fighting for you, and and as am I, as am I. So I, I'm, it will happen. I promise. <laughs> but until it does happen, uh, we want to thank all of y'all for joining us this week. And don't worry, we'll be back in a flash. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.